Seven. Let's begin here. Yeah. Um, today we're going to talk about Pashtas Tetzaveh, which is this week's Torah portion. Convenient. And also about today's date. Today is the 7th of Adar, Zion Adar, Zion Adar Rishon. Today is the uh, birthday and Yorzeit of Moshe Rabbeinu. Did you want to be on this? Of course. No. Of course, there's always question about the first other, the, the second other. So he was born was the were there two other. Right, right. So the Gemara. I mean, there's, there's a, I mean yeah. the fact the fact of the matter is that the Magen Avram says that those who those who fast on Zion other. I don't want to go on the table, but there is a concept brought of fasting on the day of Moshe's passing. The Magen Avram says to do it in other Rishon, to do it today, first other. Um, the birthday of other also. There's Gemara and Sota, which indicates for sure, according to one opinion, clearly that Moshe was born on the first other, that it was a double other. So the primary uh, understanding is that Zion other celebrated in the first other, in a, in a year when there's two others, and that therefore today is that very powerful day of Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday, and Yartzeit, of course, Moshe, the first and greatest teacher of the Jewish people. And we'll see how that c- connects today. Today was the seventh. Tonight is already eight. Oh, so you should... Oh. Oh, it's too late already. Too late. Never too because late. Because I will lose a party if I will not eat a Friday day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't worry about it. Eat gesund to hate. This is a procedure to borrow that from one of my or something like this, that um, the Gemara says in Masech the Tainus, I think it's on the last, the last Mishnah says, Mishonechnas av mematem besimcha. Then the Gemara says, Kishay Mishonechnas av so question is, what's the connection? So he says like this, there is only one yurt site that's mentioned beferish in the Torah. That's of Aaron Cohen. Moshe Rabbeinu's yurt site does not say in the Torah. The Gemara, you know, figures it out. Oh, so why, 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 why is this the shkulim zakenegitzev? I mean, Moshe Rabbeinu. So if Aaron's yotzeit is mentioned, why not Moshe Rabbeinu's? Oh, so that's the raya. The reason that Aaron Hakohen's yotzeit was because you know there's a rule, chamura misas tzadikim kisreifos beiselokenu, that there's as much tragedy in the loss of a great tzaddik. Like, like the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, so Aaron the coins your side is mentioned. What's that? The Rosh Chodesh of Echad Lachodesh Achmishi to tell us: Don't wait till Tisha B'Av to start mourning. Start from beginning of Av. On the other hand, Moshe Rabbeinu's your side is not mentioned in order not to disturb the Simcha. So, in other words, don't wait till Purim, fourteenth of Adar. Start your simcha earlier. Very good. Very good. The Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday is really what caused the whole nest of Purim, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's look over here at the Pasuk. First Pasuk of this week's parasha, Va'ata Tetzaveh B'nei Yisrael, is a commandment to Moshe. You command the Jewish people, V'yikhu Elecha Shemen Zai Yizoch, they should take for you the pure olive oil, Kosis Lamoyer, that's crushed for the menorah, Lahalos Ner Tamid, in order to bring the eternal lamp, to light the eternal lamp of the menorah. And that's how this week's parsha begins. This is the second parsha dealing with the Mishkan, the construction of the Mishkan, and this week's parsha a lot about the uh, the uh, yeah, the garments of the Kohenim, the Kohen Godel, and so on, and the Mizzach later in the parsha. Now, there's something um, very unique about this week's parsha, and that is, it's the only parsha in the Torah where Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned by name, from the Since time he's born, right. from the time he's born until the end of the Torah, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned by name in this parsha, and of course that's, that's that's very unique and very different 
than almost every other parsha, which is mentioned numerous times. So we have here a couple of pirushim, a couple of explanations to that. The friend, everything you have in your paper in front of you. The first is from the Bala Turim, um, the famous uh, commentator to the Chumash, uh, who also wrote the Tur and the Halachic, um, the foundation of Halacha. He writes, Lehiskir Moshe Bezeha Seder. Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned in this parsha. Mashainkin Bechola Chumash. It says in this way it's different than the entire Chumash. From the time the Moshe Rabbeinu was born, there's no, he calls what we call a Parsha, he calls a Seder. There's no Parsha? Which is a Parsha Shemaus, really. That Moshe is not mentioned. Yeah. What's the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned in this Parsha? And next week's Parsha, Parsha's Kisisa, we have the story of the eagle, the story of the golden calf. And by the story of the golden calf, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to destroy the entire Jewish nation. And Moshe Rabbeinu argues, takes the side of the Jewish people, and he says to Hashem, he says, if you're going to destroy this nation, please erase my name from the entire Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu gives Hashem the ultimatum, so to speak. He says, if you're going to do away with the nation, do away with me. I don't want my name in the Torah either. And that's further in Perik Lamed Beis, Pasik Lamed Beis. And therefore the Zohar says this idea, and it says, that brings from a Gemara and Makkas, and that is when a Chacham makes some type of a vow or some type of a curse. Even if the curse or vow was made with a condition, it doesn't matter. Being that the Chacham, being that the Tzaddik uttered it, that is going to have some level of, of, of happening. It has to happen in some form. The Gemara talks about different examples. Famously, a Yehuda. Right, Yehuda told his father Yaakov Avinu, if I don't bring back Binyamin, so I should be in um, like an excommunication. And ultimately he did bring back Binyamin, but still for 40 years it says Yehuda's bones were not at rest in the desert. Oh. We have a concept. When a tzaddik utters something, there's power to that utterance, even though the tzaddik said it conditionally. And therefore says the Zohar, and the Baal HaTurim here is quoting the Zohar. The Zohar says that it's because Moshe Rabbeinu told Hashem, I want my name to be erased from the Torah, it had to be erased from a certain area in the Torah. And that's why in this week's parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned. And that way, his his curse or his promise was found some level of fulfillment. He wasn't mentioned in a parsha of the Torah. That's the Baal Haturim from the Zohar. Okay. It's out, it's out of order. Though. Ah, good question. It's out of order. That was next week's parsha. Why did he? Why is he not mentioned in this week's parsha? And that's why we have the second answer. And that's I have here on the page from the Sefer. Yeah, I mean, he should be forgotten in next week's parsha. Next week or the subsequent. Oh, well, well, after the, after the event. Right. So, so the, tr- the fact is, and that's the answer given by some, that when it comes to Torah, we know the order is not the way we normally understand it. Yeah. Yet, it is somewhat strange that we don't even know that Moshe Rabbeinu made such a curse, made such a statement, totally. and already he's missing in the Torah. So, let's move on to a second explanation given and written by the Sefer Maorei Naim. Maorei Naim was one of the first Hasidic masters. He was uh, Reb Nachum of Chernobyl. He was a disciple of the great Magid of Mezrich, um, and one of the you know, great uh, colleagues, the, the Sadikim, the Balatanya, and Reb, uh, the, the Chos of Lublin, and Reb Limelech of Lezensk, and Reb Zushan This was that great group that became the first Hasidic masters, really. So, and he's the head of the Chernobyl dynasty. Today we have Tzans, Klosenberg, that's all from the Chernobyl dynasty, who stem from this Reb Nachum. And he wrote a Sefer, I'm sorry? Rabbi Tversky, for sure, is from there. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, so the Sefer Maori Naim is his Sefer. He writes the following quote. He says, I mean, this, uh, this is a quote taken out from a very lengthy piece, but this is the important quote for our, for our sake here. First we'll explain, Why is Moshe's name not mentioned here? 
because the parsha of Tetzava always falls out this week's parsha is always in this week of Zion the seventh of other the day that Moshe Rabbeinu passed away as we began which is today Parsha Zu Kinestalik Moshe. So Reb Nachum, the great Tzadik Reb Nachum of Chernobyl says, the reason Moshe Rabbeinu's name is absent in this week's Parsha is because this Parsha is always in that week that he became absent from this world. So his passing is alluded to by the fact that in this Parsha, his name is not mentioned. So really, these two answers really work hand in hand and complement each other. Because the first answer is obviously a correct answer. It comes from the Zohar and comes from the Balhaturim. But there was the problem that Abe immediately you know, brought up. Why this Parsha? The second answer is a nice answer, but you know, why should Moshe Rabbeinu lose out? You know, he passed away, so therefore we have to take his name out of the Torah too. But when you put the two answers together, when they work hand in hand, so then we understand. Moshe Rabbeinu said that he, had to, you know, he was going to be missing from the Torah somewhere. And therefore, it was Hashem made it that it should be missing in the week that also symbolizes his passing, his yurtzeit, and that is this week of Parshas Tetzava. But that, that is, I'm sorry? It could be the opposite also. Meaning? It's, that it's the Parsha of his birth. Ah, great question. Great question. And, what, the and, world, what the world would be like had he not been born without him. Okay, but that's an actually an interesting question that the time allowing, maybe we'll touch on it, which we have this uh, memory for his passing, but what about his birth? That should also be celebrated, right? Not just his passing. In fact, in the story of the Megillah, where Haman was happy because the lot fell out in the time of his passing, and the Basco, the heavenly voice said, but he was born in this day as well, and the, and the birth, that the birth is more significant than the death. Let's see if we get to that. Okay, but so, so far we learned two reasons given by two great authorities as to the lack of Moshe Rabbeinu's mention in the Sikh Parsha. Again, very, very simply, in summary form, number one is because he had said that he has to be erased, and therefore he's erased from this Parsha. Number two, because this is the week where he passes away, and therefore that is alluded to by the fact that his name is not mentioned in the Parsha. I now, saw another explanation as to why his name is not in the Parsha. Uh, there was a period of seven days in Mitzrayim where Moshe Rabbeinu refused to be the Shaliach of the Rabboni Shalom. Why? Two reasons. He was an honor from old. He was very modest. He felt he's not up to the task. And the second reason is because he felt his older brother Aaron should do it. So for seven days he refused to go. Finally he went. Okay, so this parsha, which is primarily the big day, oh, and what, what was the penalty? Because it says over there, so in the Chumash, um, that Aaron Halevi. So Rabban Shalom switched. Moshe Rabbeinu should have been the Kohen Gadol. Instead, it was given to Aaron. And, and therefore, in addition to that, the parsha, which is mostly big day kahuna, uh, his he, so because he lost out, his name is missing. Right, right. See, that's my fault that I did dot dot dot. I didn't write the whole thing. The Balatura brings that oh, one also. I didn't bring okay, it here because right, we were going to talk about it. Very good. I couldn't remember where I saw it. Very good. Okay, yeah. Balatura right. as well. Balatura. Okay. Excellent. But now I want to give take a moment and look at a seemingly very opposite message, and that's from the Clay Yucker on the Parsha. Now it's a lengthy quote over here. I'm not going to read the entire quote inside, but a, a, and it, but this quote is really part of a much lengthier pirush of the Kleyakra in the beginning of the parsha. He has many questions on the first pasuk, <coughs> but his main question is 
that the, what are the, the words va'ata tesava mean you Moshe command the Jewish people very unusual in the Torah normally it says tzavah b'nei Yisrael or tell the Jewish people here there's va'ata you specifically tzavah is again you command it could have said va'ata tzav va'ata tzavah is like double you you should be the one doing the commanding Yekleyarka points out there is no parsha in the Torah where Moshe Rabbeinu is as um, central to the first word of the parsha, like this week's parsha. The first word of this week's parsha is Va'ata, you, which is Moshe Rabbeinu. And he wonders why. Why is Moshe Rabbeinu so central in this mitzvah of when he's being told to bring the oil, uh, to bring the oil for the menorah? And plus he asks, anyway, the story of the menorah is in other parsha. So it was already said later, was going to say before. What's this whole first pasuk of the parsha? And the Kleyakar goes off again in a lengthy piece. I'll just, I, I want to give you the point of it here. He says that the, the Mishkan and the Besamikdash were a place which had to be a symbol that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, was amongst Klal Yisrael. Where is the primary place of the Divine Presence in the Besamikdash or the Mishkan? was in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Holy of Holies. That's where you had the Ark, that's where you had the Shekhinah was Shorah over there, that's where the Divine Voice came through the Ark. All wonderful, but there's a problem. <coughs> What's the problem with the Kodesh HaKadoshim being the place where the Divine Presence is revealed? No one sees it. <laughs> Only the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim once a year. So it's wonderful that it's a place of Divine uh, revelation and presence, but you know you can't take any pictures. How are you going to WhatsApp that? Like, who's going to know? So therefore, says the Kaliyakar, again, in a lengthy piece, he says that's why there had to be a symbol of divine presence outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And what was that? Menorah. What was the symbol of divine presence? The menorah, specifically the Ner Tamid. That candle, that western candle that always remained lit. And this is something that many people could see. Because this is outside, this is in the open area, many people could see it. And says the, says the Kaliyakar, <coughs> that's what this Pasuk is about. When it says, Moshe, I want you to tell the people to bring oil for the candle for the Ner Tamid, is that there should be, the Shekhinah should be present in a way that everyone sees it. Says the Kleyakar. Who empowered that light? Who is the one who gave forth that divinity, that, that miraculous light that should always light? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, is the source of divine light in this world. That's why it says when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, Immediately upon birth, what do we say? Nismale habayis ora. The entire room was filled with light. Before he was even, he was an infant. He was just born. Moshe brings light into this world. And therefore he says, that's why the Pasuk in this week's parasha says, Va'ata titzavez b'nei Yisrael, I want you to be the one that should give them this mitzvah of bringing the oil that's going to make the Ner Tamid because it's going to be your light that's going to kindle the menorah that's going to, that's going to be the symbol for the divine presence amongst Klal Yisrael. And, and you know what, again, I, I printed out like seven, eight lines. You're welcome to take the page and read it on your own. But let me read just that line where, it's, where I have the bold letters at the end. Uh, the last uh, two and a half lines of this paragraph. He says, That's why the Pasuk says, You, Moshe, you command them. Two um, expressions that he's talking to Moshe specifically. Lomer, saying, From your very essence. The great light that you have within you, Moshe Rabbeinu, with that power you should command the Jewish people, and they should bring to you the oil. 
Shashemen Yukach Ilecha. The oil should be brought to you to Moshe Rabbeinu Ratzaloimer. Litzarfi Ilecha. You should connect to it. Kedesha Tashbia Alav Mehodcha. That you, Moshe Rabbeinu, should be Mashpia, should give in to the light from your splendor. So that there could be that eternal flame, Zanir Maravi, the Western candle, Shahoya Tmidi, which constantly lit, Bederach Nes miraculously. I have another question. Uh, maybe you should first hear this. Uh, when, wasn't it the question about whether light should be spread outside the Mishkar, outside the, Allah outside the Mikdash, but the lights were so designed to keep the light in or light out? Contrary. No, contrary, they were designed to go out. The windows went outward. Shkufi matumim. The windows, normally windows would be made in a way that it gets broader as it comes inward, so the light spreads inward. In the Besamikdash, the windows were made going outward so that the light should spread everywhere. Because it's meant to be a symbol for the divine presence amongst the Jewish people. So here comes the interesting question. Is this a Parsha where Moshe is absent? Or is this a Parsha that's about Moshe? It would seem that these, par- these first three paragraphs that we just read are giving two seemingly opposite messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because on the one hand, Moshe's name is not here. It's the only partial Moshe's name is I not here. Possible suggestion. One minute, one minute. Yeah. On the one hand, Moshe's name is, is ignored. He's not here because he said, I want my name to be erased because he passed away, so he's sort of absent. On the other hand, there is no Parsha in the Torah that starts with, you, Moshe, I want you telling the Jewish people. And there's power to the first word of something, the name of the Parsha means Moshe. And this is the contradiction of what's going on in this Parsha. Is it yes about Moshe? Is it not about Moshe? Is it Moshe's absence or is Moshe center, play, you know, center stage in this Parsha? Yes. About the, you know, a person says, if, like, if I call you Rabbi Silverberg, that's one begin of you. But if I say you, higher than Al-Gadara, higher than Al-Bolas, it's the essence. Yeah. Did you have to steal my thunder? That's what I was going to say. Okay, so... The, <laughs> I told it to him before the class. Anyway. No, you didn't. <laughs> so, so here... So, so the, the, the answer, the approach to the answer is what Avram just said. And that is exactly so. A name, someone's name, represents some, a, a way that we know that person by. A, a name is somewhat external. A person for themselves don't need a name. When a baby is born, it doesn't need a name, doesn't have a name. Why do we give names? So we should have ways to call you and to discern A from B and so on and so forth. The essence of a person or the essence of everything is above and beyond the name. The basic message over here in, in reconciling these two seemingly opposite ideas is that true, Moshe's name is absent of this parsha but not Moshe himself. The essence of Moshe is not only not absent, he's very, very much present in this Parsha. What does that mean and how does that connect to us? And here, well, perhaps two points. We said the, the idea that the Maori Naim said that this week's Parsha is the Parsha of the, of, and today is the day of the passing of Moshe. And the passing of Moshe, therefore he's absent. What really happens when a tzaddik passes away? When the tzaddik passes away, do we not have any more connection to that tzaddik? So here we have the double message. When the tzaddik passes in the way, on the one hand, yeah, we don't see him anymore. We can't hear him, we can't meet him, we can't talk to him face to face. So we are definitely missing the revelation of that tzaddik to us, the revealed nature of the tzaddik. But essentially, 
we're going to learn in a moment, a tzaddik is extreme, remains extremely connected both to the world and to anyone who wants to be connected and receive bracha and receive, receive hashpah from that tzaddik. And that's the idea here. And the, Moshe Rabbeinu passes away today. So do we not have a connection to Moshe Rabbeinu? What's Moshe Rabbeinu's last name? Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu means he's our teacher till this very day. So though we don't see him, though he's gone through 3,300 years, he remains Rabbeinu forever, the one who we connect to when we learn Torah. So let's see what the Gemara says. Um, the next uh, paragraph, Gemara, Masech the Sota, Dafyud Gimel, Omid Beis, talks about the passing of Moshe and gives different opinions of the day he passed and so on. Says the Gemara, V'yash Omrim, there's an opinion, again, Gemara Sota, uh, 13b, Lo Meis Moshe, Moshe never died. What does that mean? Says the Gemara, Ksiv Hacha Vayamas Sham, on the one hand, it says Moshe died then, you know, after 40 years in the desert. Uksiv hasam, but it says by Matan Torah, sham im Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu went up for 40 days and nights, he was with Hashem. <coughs> says the Gemara, look at the two words, sham. In both places it says the word sham. Ma'lahalan omed umeshamesh, afkan omed umeshamesh. Just like when Moshe Rabbeinu went up for 40 days by the giving of Torah. Did he, did he die? Did he forget about us? To the contrary, he was working for us on high. In the same way now, after he passes away, Moshe Rabbeinu is very much considered Omed Umeshamish. He's there serving his flock, serving the Jewish people when he's in heaven as well. Oh. Giving us this idea, when it, of this idea of how we look at a tzaddik's passing, yes, he's not here. On the other hand, we, everyone, we go to Kivrit Tzaddikim. We ask for brachas by Kivrit Tzaddikim. Yoshua and Kalev remain strong because Kalev goes to Hebron and is mispalo and davens by the Avos because though we can't see them, we can very much connect to them. That idea is... That's pretty cool. Everybody says, I would have thought to think that, well, it's a whole mystical thing and only Hasidim only think that the Tzaddikim are still there and you can connect. Everyone goes to Kivrit Tzaddikim. I, I, that's true, yeah. There's like, you know, you, they give to, to, to drink and this, in other words, a, a somewhat of a celebration. Because we know that the tzaddik in Ganeiden is having, uh, knows everything that's going on and he's, he's influencing the Rabbanu in our favor. For, yeah. so, let, so let's read a little bit of Tanya from Yigaris HaKodesh, the 27th chapter in Yigaris HaKodesh. And there the Balatanya was writing a letter also for the passing of a tzaddik. He was talking about the tzaddik of the oldest of the disciples of the Magad of Mezrich, and that's Reb Mendel of Haradok, or Mendel of Vitebsk, who ultimately led the Hasidim in Eretz Yisrael. And he writes, This is what the, the Holy Zohar writes, Tzadika de Ispater, a tzaddik who passes away, Ishtakach bekulhu almin yater mi bechayohi. A tzaddik is found in all worlds after he passes away even more so than before. He says, spiritually speaking, one can gain from them spiritually. As far as physical bracha, it's clearly stated in the Zohar. The Sadikaya Maginin Al Alma. The Sadikim shield. They protect the world. The Sadik brings more bracha into the world after they pass away than before. If not for the davenings of the tzaddikim in that world, this world would not continue even one moment, says the Zohar. Now what's the reason for that? Why is the tzaddik so much more powerful after passing than before passing? So he goes on to explain something very fascinating. 
and I don't know if we're going to read the whole thing time-wise, but I, I, the, quickly the idea. What's real? We talk about a tzaddik. What's the greatness of a tzaddik? Is it their hands or their legs or their feet, their body? Obviously not. It's the life of the tzaddik. What's the life of a tzaddik? Emuna, yira, and ava. Yira, Sashem, ava, Sashem, emuna, and he brings psukim. That's the life of a tzaddik. When a tzaddik is alive, as great and as holy as a tzaddik may be, there's a limitation. What's the limitation? Body. The body. Because the body is physical. At the end of the day, the greatest tzaddik in the world has a physical body, and physical is limited, and physical is finite. So though it's a great tzaddik, and though he's very holy, and though he's knowledgeable, and so on and so forth, it's great. And therefore gives brachas, and therefore teaches Torah, but there's a limitation of the nefesh in the guf, the soul in the body. Once the tzaddik passes away, what happens? The soul leaves the body. Now it's just the soul. So it was really always about the soul. But now it's an unfettered soul. Now it's an unlimited soul. And therefore he goes on to say that the Talmidim, when we learn the Torah of a tzaddik, and we connect through learning the Torah of a tzaddik to a tzaddik, the profound effect of that tzaddik on a person after life can be greater than the effect during the lifetime. Though after lifetime we can't see him. And that's the double message of this week's Parsha and today's date. Today's the passing of Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu is the ultimate tzaddik. The ultimate tzaddik of all generations is Moshe Rabbeinu. On the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's passing, we're given this double message. On the one hand, his name is not there anymore. His name is not in the whole Parsha. And the, and the, the Mori and I said, and that's why his name is absent, because he's absent. We don't see him. On the other hand, says the Klayakar, Moshe Rabbeinu is more present in this Parsha than in any Parsha in the entire Torah. In this Parsha, he's imparting his light to us. In this Parsha, he's giving us the light of the menorah, the eternal flame. Even though he's absent, that's the message. That the tzaddik is absent only to the naked eye, that we don't see him physically. But his koyach, his presence, the Torah that he taught us, and his hashpa, what he's able to give us, is even greater. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu is all the more present. The Zohar calls Moshe Rabbeinu one of the shepherds of Kal Yisrael. And the eternal shepherd that gives our neshamas even now the necessary kochas that it needs to be able to learn, to be able to understand, to be able to connect to Hashem through learning the Torah of the Meshach. Very good. Yes, you're